All right, how many of you are excited about Jesus, huh? Y'all excited about Jesus? This side is way more excited than this side. Let's try that again. Are you guys excited about Jesus? Yeah! Are you guys? Yeah! Oh, they're better this time. So just saying, hey, I'm excited about Jesus, right? I'm excited for everything he's doing, everything he's going to do, everything he's done, right? We got to be excited about Jesus because there's really nothing else to be too excited about, right? Especially when I'm speaking. All right. Hey, Brandon, you got a job, right? Yes. Yes. Praying for you to get a job. Brandon got a job. Give the Lord a hand. Quick question. You can, I just want you to raise your hands, all right? I've been, uh, since before Christmas, I was having this like, the Holy Spirit was telling me, these lights are so bright. The Holy Spirit was telling me that uh, there's financial problems. People are going through financial stress and they need financial breakthrough, right? And um, it's just been in, it's just been stirring in my spirit. I just want, I'm going to pray about that later, but I want to know, just, just raise your hands up. If, you're, if you need God to do a miracle with your finances, maybe you need God to pay your gas bill this month, or maybe your rent is short, or whatever it is, or you have a birthday coming up, you can't buy somebody a present. I want you to raise your hand. If you're, don't be prideful. Raise your hands up. All right. You guys be praying during service because uh, I believe that God can do crazy things, right? I believe God's a God that can supply all of our needs. How many of you believe that, right? All right, so last week, last week, Ladina talked about riding the waves and rolling with the punches, right? So we got to ride the waves and we got to roll with the punches. No matter what comes our way, no matter what it takes, we got to ride the wave and we got to roll with the punch. How many of you ever been knocked off the wave before? Raise your hand. You know, we've all gone through life and been knocked around a little bit, right? We're pressed on every side. The enemy tries to attack us. He tries to destroy us. But we got to kind of roll with the punches, and we just got to get back up, and we got to keep pushing forward, and we got to do what God has called us to do. Amen? Amen? How many of you believe God has called you to do something? Raise your hands. Every hand should be up, because God has called every single one of us to do something for his kingdom, right? God, we are called to do things for God's kingdom. Um, so we can get that first slide up. If you're saved, you serve. There we go. This is part of the DNA of free church. I remember when I first came here, it's been almost five years, I think, about five years. It seems like 80, but about five years ago, um, they, they went through this, and I went through the class, and Anthony talked about this. He said, if you're saved, you're served. We're not consumers. Everyone contributes to kingdom growth with time, treasure, and talent. So if you're saved, you're, you're serving. Once you come to know Jesus, once you receive Jesus as your Savior, once you commit your life to Jesus, then you're going to serve in his kingdom. All right? Now, there's a five-fold ministry, pastors, apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors, teachers, we're all, there's five-fold ministry, right? There are people that God calls to lead in those positions. For instance, he called Pastor Anthony to be a pastor, right? He called Ralph to be a pastor. He's called Zion to be a pastor. There's the whole family, three generations, they're going to be pastors, right? But God calls them to that. God calls us to specific offices. God calls us to specific things. If he's called you to be the janitor of the church for a time, then that's what he's called you to do, and you need to serve that with joy, right? Amen? Because it would be messy in here every week if it wasn't for Isaiah. The, it would be all messy outside, all right? There'd be stuff all over outside. It'd be a mess, but none of you probably know that Isaiah takes care of that. Isaiah is a servant, right? Isaiah does just as much for the kingdom in serving as a janitor as 
we can do as an evangelist. You know why? Because he's serving the kingdom of God. And that's what Jesus is calling us to do. He's calling us to serve. So he's calling every one of you to serve. I'm going to read some scriptures, and I'm going to go through them pretty quickly. But Romans 1.1 says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. Philippians 1.1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. Titus 1.1. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. James 1.1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Peter 1.1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. Jude 1.1. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ. Revelation 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John. There's a common word in there. It's servant. We're all called to be servants. The, the, Greek New Test, the Greek word for servant is doulos, all right? And what that means is it signifies a slave or one in bondage. It denotes the lowest area of serving. We're serving our master, who's Jesus Christ, right? No matter what area we're serving him in, we are serving him. We are a slave to serve Jesus. He has called us. We means we set aside everything else to serve Jesus. W.E. Vines, he, he wrote it called, what's it called, an expository dictionary. He had this quote. He says, a person that gives themselves wholly to another's will or instruction, those whose service is used by Christ in extending and advancing his cause among men, devoted to one another and to the disregard of one's own interest. When we serve, no matter what area we serve in, we are advancing the kingdom of God. We need to give ourselves up wholly, not holding anything back, and serve Jesus. We need to listen to the instruction of Jesus and what he's telling us to do. We need to extend and advance his kingdom in all that we do. The people that do sound at Free Church are extending and advancing the kingdom of God. They're never seen. You know when you see the sound person? You know when he pops up on your screen? When something goes wrong. And then everybody's like, what's up with the sound guy? Man, Caleb, you suck. <laughs> Caleb, it's your fault we got, back, we got distortion and feedback. When really, Brandon just cranked his piano up too much and a distortion hit, right? <laughs> but then we all look. Caleb, was that you? No. So, you know, the, the person who does the audiovisuals, this stuff wouldn't be up there without them. Everybody serves holy. And we extend his kingdom. We extend his cause. We are devoted to one another to the disregard of our own interest. We are devoted to serving one another and to serving Jesus. Every area of service is important. You are having an impact and you are walking, whatever you're serving in right now, you're walking in the call that God has on your life. Right? I knew when I was 14 years old. I got saved when I was 14 years old. March 28, 1974. That tells you that I'm 64 years old. This will be this year in March will be 50 years since I've been saved. 50 years, 50 years of serving Jesus. And I've done everything that he's asked. I've tried to do everything he's asked me to do. But when I first got saved, I said, I thought I'm gonna be an evangelist. That was it, I was gonna be an evangelist. I had a notebook, I put Billy Graham Jr. on my notebook. I preached in my high school. I wore shirts that said one way Jesus, Jesus is Lord, you know. You know, be different, go to heaven, accept Jesus, all that stuff. I would preach to people in school. I would tell them if they were lukewarm, they were going to hell. I was pretty radical, <laughs> but it was biblical. So, but I never became an evangelist. I ended up being a pastor, which is the one thing I never wanted to do. So I was like, 
I don't want to do the marriages. I don't want to bury people. I don't want to kiss babies and do all that dedication stuff. That's just not me. But God had another plan for me, right? So I just did what God said along the way. I did some youth work. I did some missionary work. I did some more youth work. I went and helped a church that was in trouble. I went and helped another church that was in trouble. I spoke at some conferences. I became a police officer, which was the farthest thing from a pastor. And I was thinking, what's this pastor thing going to happen? And, you know, are this evangelist? I kept thinking the evangelist thing. When's that going to happen? And it never happened. I ended up becoming a practice pastor. So I put a lot of, I did a lot of years as a pastor. And even though I'm not a pastor active, seen overseeing a local church anymore, I still consider myself that I was called to be a pastor, right? Once you're a pastor, you're always a pastor. Right, Ralph? That's right, Ralph. Amen. So... No matter what, I just was going to walk in what God had called me at the time. So right now, if he's calling you to work in children's ministry, you should serve in children's ministry. And you're thinking, well, I'm called to be an evangelist or an apostle. Children's ministry a little below me right now. No, it's not. It's not. And when I was pastoring LeGrand, I had to set the example there a little bit. So every six weeks, I went and worked in children's ministry. Because we were having trouble getting some volunteers, not volunteers, I hate that word, servants for children's ministry. We were having a problem. So I decided I was going to go do it. And when I did it, then the rest of the church started doing it. All right? So you can lead by example in the things you do. Philippians 2, 5 through 11 says this, Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, throw, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus laid his own glory aside to come to the earth and die for us which is the lowest form of servanthood he could have done. He became a servant. He laid down the glory, his ultimate service. He was the ultimate sacrifice for us. He was the ultimate service. We should be willing to lay aside our own agendas, our own plans, our own goals, and serve the Lord in whatever capacity he has called us to serve. Amen? Yeah. You guys got to get more excited about this. All right, he has called us to serve. It doesn't matter who you are. He has called you to serve, right? We had our children, uh, I had one of our first two sixth graders in LeGrand. I, we would teach the same thing through, throughout our, our, our church. So we were teaching kids to pray for the sick and lay hands on them and see them get healed, right? So I would bring the kids in and lay hands on the adults and these adults would get healed and they'd fall out in the spirit. All the crazy stuff was going on. And, but it's because the kids just believed it. And we taught them, you're gonna be, you're gonna be servants. Part of being a servant, you're going to lay hands on the sick, you're going to see them recover while you're being a janitor. And I keep, man, I told you a couple months ago, I believe you're going to have a gift. The Lord's going to use you to heal people, a gift of healing. I still believe that. You know why? Because the stuff you're going through right now, you're going to be able to minister to other people, and you're going to lay hands on the sick, and you're going to see them recover. So you keep walking on where you're walking, Isaiah. I'm telling you, it's coming. All right? Jesus laid aside his glory to come to earth and die for us. The ultimate sacrifice. Matthew 20, 25, 28 says this. But Jesus called to them and said, you know, I talk really fast. So if I'm going too fast, watch the, is this recorded, right? Someone, yeah. watch the recording, all right. Um, Jesus called them and said, you know that the ruler, sometimes when it's recorded, it's not so good. Did you guys hear what Ladina said last week, by the way? <laughs> during, during, during the altar call, she said, get your butts up here. I was like, whoa, Ladina, 
Preach it. <laughs> Jesus called on them and said, You know the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever will be great among you must be your servant. Whoever will be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. When we get saved, we give up our rights. We give up our life, and we lay it at the feet of Jesus to serve him with passion and with love. You must be slaves to Jesus. We must be servants to him. Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. Jesus came to serve. He was the ultimate servant. He was the ultimate sacrifice. You know what? Jesus never asked us to do anything that he wouldn't do, right? So he was the ultimate servant. He was the servant. He was our sacrifice. Mark 9, 33 says this, And they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, What were you discussing on the way? Now the disciples were walking down the road. They were talking amongst themselves. But they kept silent, for they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. Now, did Jesus not know what they'd already argued about? He knew, but he thought he'd ask them to see if they'd fess up, right? But they didn't, but he knew. And sometimes, you know, God will tell you stuff about people, and he'll want you to talk to them about it, and they're going to say, oh, no, no. but then you're going to speak, the Holy Spirit's going to speak through you, and people are going to change their lives because of you hearing the voice of the Lord. But Jesus already knew what they said, right? Um, he said to them, um, they kept silent, and he, and he about who would be the greatest. And he sat down and he called the 12 and he said to them, if anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. He didn't go into a lecture about them calling one another out and this and that, who's going to be the greatest. He just said this. He knew what they said, so he set him down. He said, hey guys, listen up. This is calling us to serve him. Mark 10, 43 for 45 says this, but it shall not be so among you. Whoever would be great among you must be your servant and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. All right, when we serve, we need to humble ourselves. We need to surrender our own will. In other words, Jesus, remember all that, some of you don't know the song, but it's an old hymn, all to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely give, Right? I was in a Presbyterian church for about the first eight years of seven years when I was saved, and we used to sing that song all the time. But it's a true song. All to Jesus, I surrender. We have to surrender everything to uh, humble ourselves, humble our own ways, humble our thoughts, humble our and give up our aspirations, and serve Jesus however he calls us to serve him. Right? You guys with me? Now remember, you might think he's called me to be a worship leader. Right? I'm going to be a worship leader. I'm better. I can do better than Kim. You know, God's called me to be the worship leader. I'm going to take free church to a whole new level. Well, you ain't taking free church anywhere until you learn to serve, serve. Right? And get rid of that crazy attitude you got and just serve Jesus. Right? Some of us are just waiting. We're waiting for Pastor Anthony to go, hey, would you like to oversee children's ministry? Or would you like to oversee evangelism? You're sitting there waiting, waiting for him to ask you, but then he comes up to you and goes, hey, uh, really got a need in our uh, audiovisual department. Do you think you can get up there and do some of that audiovisual stuff? And you're like, no, Pastor Anthony, I'm supposed to be the worship leader. <laughs> you know what Pastor Anthony's going to say? Audiovisual. <laughs> right? We got to serve God. I mean, he might call you to be a worship pastor. I'm not saying he hasn't. 
But right now, maybe he's saying, let's see how obedient you are. Let's see if you're going to serve in the little things before you serve in the greater things. You know what I'm saying? Is this tracking with anybody? Making any sense? If it's not, it's okay. You don't have to listen to the recording later. All right. Servants expect nothing in return, no recognition, no pay, no praise. We are called to serve with a heart of joy and love. A heart of joy and love. I'll tell a story about my, our youngest son. Uh, when I was in La Grande, we didn't have a janitor. I was the janitor of the church, all right? So, I, and I'm pulling him all aside. And Wade, he, had come to, he came to the church that day with me to hang out. And I'm in there vacuuming, vacuuming the sanctuary, and, you know, just kind of hanging out. I got the speakers going. I'm listening to some music. doing it. I said, well, uh, we don't have anybody else to do it. And he said, yeah, but you're the pastor. And I said, yeah, but it doesn't matter. We, we do all kinds of stuff, Wade. He goes, does anybody know you do this? I said, I don't know. They come in the morning, it's clean. That's all I care about, right? And he goes, okay. And he goes, where's the garbage bags? And I go, why? And he goes, well, I'm going to go clean up the playground. And I go, why are you going to do that? He goes, because I'm the pastor of the playground, and I don't want people coming when it's dirty. <laughs> all right? Out of the hearts of little kids, you hear some stuff, right? He decided to take up a responsibility, and he cleaned the playground every week while I vacuumed the sanctuary and cleaned the toilets. So it was a good, it was a good combination. Don't expect anything in return. Don't expect pay. Don't expect praise. Great is your reward in heaven, right? Yes? Jesus sees you. He knows what you're doing. Just keep doing it. Matthew 25, 21 says this. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. That was from the parable of the talents. He had told the person that, Hey, you did good. You did, you did a right thing. You did great. Great is your reward in heaven. All right, we don't do this for the reward in heaven. We do it because we're called to serve. All right, Andre Crouch, have you ever heard of him? You older Christians have. He had a song that said, if there were no more streets of gold, it's been worth serving the Lord. It's been worth serving the Lord. 50 years, man, it's been worth serving the Lord, right? Amen, right, Ralph? Ralph, is, Ralph has been serving the Lord more than 50 years. All right? But it's been worth it. Every, every battle, every victory, everything we go through, it's worth serving the Lord. All right? Uh, Matthew 20, uh, Matthew Henry, who's a commentator, he said this. Wherever the providence of God casts us, we should desire and endeavor to be useful. And when we cannot do the good we would, we must be ready to do the good we can. He that is faithful in little shall be entrusted with more. Whenever we cannot do the good that we would, which means maybe the plans that we had or what we intended to do life didn't work out. And we wanted to do certain things, our jobs, our careers, ministry. Maybe life took us in another direction. But be content with where you are right now. God has put you in a certain place for a particular time. Amen? He put Esther in a certain place for a certain time to accomplish the salvation of Israel. He puts you in a place, whether it's the janitor, the AV, the uh, worship team, the children's ministry, the greeters, whatever it is, if you're pouring coffee, God puts you in that place for such a time as this. You have no idea the impact he may be having on somebody's life. When you greet somebody at the door and shake their hand with a smile, that might be the thing that breaks them. They come back. You know why? You know why I came back here? I, I came and Anthony gave, I thought it was a good sermon. I, Casey was leading worship. I thought it was great worship. But when I walked in, 
as a total stranger, people come up to me and said, hi, how are you doing? I've never seen you before. Is this your first time? Welcome to Free Church. We're so glad you're here. I thought, man, that's a friendly church. I can do that. So I came back the second week and the third week. And, the four, and I'm still here, right? Because it's a family. I love the Free Church family, right? I know that if I was going through something, I could pick up the phone and call you. I had COVID, and I was really, really sick. And Anthony's like, hey, do you need me to bring food over? Need me to stop by? Need anything? I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm just throwing up all over the place. All right, well, if you need anything, call me. That's the kind of pastor I want to serve, right? And then that's our DNA. You know why that's our DNA? Because it's his DNA. Right? You guys with me tracking? You guys need to get a little excited about this stuff. All right. Be content with where you are and serve with your whole heart. All right, here's the word I hate. I hate volunteers, all right? So we're going to talk about volunteers versus servants, all right? A volunteer versus servant. Jesus didn't recruit volunteers. He called us to be his servants. Romans 6, 18, And having been set free from him, have become slaves of righteousness. We are slaves to being, to being righteousness, to doing good. Slaves to righteousness. Everyone at Free Church is a, is a servant. We're not volunteers of some social organization like the Kiwanis Club or the Moose or whatever. The Elks? The Elks, yeah. Moose, Elks, whatever. They're all the same. They're not, they're not part of the Elks, right? We are part of Free Church. We are servants of the Most High God. The Most High God is in charge of Free Church. Jesus has anointed Pastor Anthony and Susan to lead the church. We are to serve the church. We're to serve our pastor. I know you're thinking, what, what, we serve our pastor? Yes, we serve our pastor, all right? We serve one another. God has called us to be servants. We don't volunteer. Volunteers, it's for a certain amount of time, right? Jesus never asked his followers to give up a few hours of their day off. He called us to give up everything for his kingdom, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. You know, volunteers like, man, I put in my two hours. I got to go home. Or I got to go to Starbucks, give me a coffee. Right? We're not volunteers. We're called to serve 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. A volunteer serves for a short time and then hits the road and does whatever else they do. Jesus isn't looking for volunteers. He's looking for servants. He's looking for me. He's looking for you, right? Volunteers do not feel obligated, and they take no ownership of the tasks at hand. They're just showing up to help out. Volunteers do it for the organization. A servant does it because his master tells us to. Jesus tells us to serve. We serve Jesus in all we do. When we serve the church, we are serving Jesus. The volunteer asks, how much is required of me? What do I need to do? How much is it going to take? What's, how long is it going to go? Am I getting paid? Can I get a free bread or loaf for doing that? The servant just does. The servant serves at the pleasure of their master. All right? The servant serves at the pleasure of the king. And I really want to get you to understand this. When we're serving God at the pleasure of God, we're serving the church. You're serving free church, right? We're doing things for free church to advance his kingdom. The pastor can't do it all, all right? He can't preach, run children's ministry, run the worship team, stand outside and greet everybody all the time before they get in here, make sure the service starts on time, run upstairs and fix the, the words if they're wrong, fix the feedback if it's messed up. He can't do everything. There's people that need to do that. 
as servants, right? We need to step up and we need to serve. Remember, if you're saved, you serve, right? How many of you are saved? Raise your hands. All right, we should all be serving, amen? Um, the church doesn't need volunteers to give away their spare time. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says this, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance of your reward because you are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. We are serving Jesus. We're going to receive the reward of our inheritance. And whatever we're serving it in, do it heartily and do it with joy. Amen? When Isaiah vacuums, man, if he's got some music going on, I bet you he's grooving while he's vacuuming, right? I know I do. You guys should see me at home. No, you shouldn't. All right. My wife thinks I'm crazy. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing Taylor Swift, babe, while I'm vacuuming. And she's like, no, you're not. <laughs> so, but whatever we do, we do it heartily. Do it with some excitement. All right? When we stand before the Lord, he's not, he's he's not going to say this. Hey, bro, thanks for your time. That's not what he says. He says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done. Whatever we do, let's do it well, right? The Israelites could have served Pharaoh in Egypt, or they could have served God in the promised land. We can serve Satan in the kingdom of darkness, or we can serve Jesus in the kingdom of light. Who are we going to serve? You guys ever heard of Bob Dylan? Yeah, he plays the guitar and sings all kinds of music. Yeah, Bob Dylan said this, you got to serve somebody. It may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Who are we going to serve? We're going to serve Jesus, right? We serve Jesus. You know what we do? We slap the devil in the face. We serve Jesus, we take stuff away from the enemy. We serve Jesus, we advance his kingdom. We serve Jesus, we see people getting saved. We serve Jesus, we see the church grow. We serve Jesus, we see children raised up to take another generation. We serve Jesus, we will shake this earth and we will change it for the kingdom of God and see the revival of Jesus flow into this place. Amen? Amen. How many of you want to see revival? Raise your hands. We all want to see revival, right? It starts with serving. We got to serve God. Serve him with our whole hearts. Who are we serving? Let's look at 1 Kings. It's about Elisha, who became one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament. Kim, you guys can start getting ready, I guess. Uh, I told her that earlier. I'm just reminding her because half the time Kim doesn't listen to me. So, <laughs> no, just kidding. So, Elisha, 1 Kings 19, uh, 19 through 21 says this. Uh, he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen in front of him, and he was the twelfth. Elijah passed by him and cast his cloak upon him, and he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to him, go back again, for what have I done to you? And he returned from following him, took the yoke of oxen, sacrificed them, boiled their flesh with the yokes of the oxen, and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he arose and went after Elijah and assisted him. So here's Elijah going down a road. He sees Elisha plowing up this field. Now, there's 12 oxen before him. You know what that meant? That meant Elisha was last. And all this, the smell and all this, everything. I have to wash my car when I get home. That's what Elisha was going through. All this stuff is pouring over him. Everybody was before him, but he was still serving. He was plowing the field. Everything was coming upon him. Sweat was covering him. Was this the place for him, for the future prophet? That was going to do more miracles than Elijah someday? Yeah, it's because that's where God told him to be at this time. If God's telling you to plow up the field right now, plow up the field. If God's telling you to be last in line while you're plowing up the field, plow up the field. 
right? If God's telling you to get dirty for the kingdom of God, get dirty for the kingdom of God. If God's telling you to sweat a little bit for the kingdom of God, sweat a little bit for the kingdom of God. As long as God's calling us and telling us to do it, it's not wrong, right? We're doing exactly what he's called us to do. So we're serving him, all right? No matter what your uh, position, humility and grace without complaining and trying to move up on your own, that's the time he will move you up quickly as he did with Elisha. Elisha went back and he burned up his equipment. He burned everything up. He put everything behind him, not knowing what he was gonna do, and he followed Elijah. When God calls you, you have to be willing to give up everything and go after him with, your all, with all your heart. We are all called. We are all servants. The day you got saved, Jesus called you to be a servant, all right? Everything behind you, get rid of it and move on. You know what? We think then, oh, Elisha went out and did great miracles. No, if you read further, the first thing he did is he poured water for Elijah. He started over again. There he was pouring water for Elijah, serving Elijah. How you guys doing? All right? So you're all, we're all called, where can we serve? I think there's a slide for this somewhere. There we go. Where can we serve? We got free generations kids. I might leave some out, I hope not. We got youth, we have prayer teams, we have FC online, we have visuals, we have sound, we have guest relations, hospitality, the coffee cart, the worship team, maintenance, landscaping. We need help on Saturday nights. Can you serve one time a month? One time a month. How many of you can serve one time a month? There are 8,760 hours in a year. We're asking you to serve two hours out of a month. So two hours a month is 24 hours, right? Is that right? 24 hours? We're asking you to serve 24 hours out of 8,760 hours. We spend more time watching TV than we do serving Jesus. We serve more time running back and forth to Starbucks than we do serving Jesus. We spend more time wondering what we could do to serve Jesus than serving Jesus, all right? He's just asking you to serve one. We're just asking. Here, if you could serve once a month and just fill some positions. We have, you know, 100, 150, 200 people. Can you imagine if we all would just serve once a month? In whatever capacity, you know, you can go to Anthony and say, hey, I want to serve in children's ministry. Are we going to plug you in? Yes. We're going to get you in there, all right? We're going to do whatever we can to help you out. If you want to be part of the worship team, come see me. All right, we'll get you, we'll do what we can to get you plugged in. Like Bob Dylan said, you got to serve somebody, all right? You can sign up on the website, you can come and talk to somebody, but I want to tell you today, if you're saved, you are served. Amen? Is everybody with me? We're going to pray. All right, Father, we thank you, Lord, that you have called each one of us. I thank you, God, that, that we have the joy of serving you, Lord Jesus, that we can serve you in every capacity. Father, I pray this morning you would impress upon the hearts of people that service for your kingdom is the ultimate sacrifice. I pray, Lord, that we would sacrifice Jesus and we would serve with all of our heart. We would sacrifice our time. We would sacrifice our plans. We would sacrifice everything in order to serve you, Jesus. Father, I pray that uh, people would rise up and take places of servanthood in this church, Lord God, so we can expand beyond these walls, we can expand beyond the city, and we can have a kingdom effect, Lord. We ask for this in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. All right, so we're going to do a song, and then I got something. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do what I think the Lord's telling me to do. So Kim's going to lead us in a song, and then don't go anywhere, because uh, we're going to talk about finances for a minute, all right? All right, thanks, Kim. Jesus, I pray no Jesus this morning. If you don't know Jesus, it's the best thing you could ever do. It's the best thing you'll ever do is giving your life to Jesus. 
Amen. So if you don't know Jesus this morning, there's going to be a few people up here on the side that will pray with you. If you need healing this morning, we want you to come up and get prayer for healing. I believe people are going to get healed this morning. Isaiah, come on. If you need healing, come see Isaiah. All right? Isaiah is going to pray for you all for healing. All right? Um, can we turn the lights up and so I can see everybody? And then you all can take a seat for a moment. Did you want prayer? Pastor Anthony right there. All right. Hang with me here. So I asked earlier, you all can be seated if you want. I asked earlier, did Kim do a great job at worship or what? Come on. Kim's awesome. We're going to miss Kim in the month of March. She's going to be taking a break because she's getting married. Um, but she'll be back after that. But she's awesome, right? I mentioned earlier about finances. We were talking about finances. I had people raise their hands, all right? How many of you believe God can do a miracle right here, right now? Amen? All right, so those of you that raised their hands or those of you that didn't, be brave, be bold, be courageous. God's going to do something for you. Who is having a problem with finances and needs God to do something, intervene right now? Raise your hand. All right, right here. Gentlemen, what do you need God to do? How much money do you need? Huh? Just to pay the bills, and how much is that? $100, $200, $200? All right, here you go. Okay. Okay. Here's $200, all right? So the Lord told me to go to the bank and get some money and to give it away, all right? I'm not rich, I'll tell you that, but if God tells me to do something, I'm gonna do it, all right? I'm going to be faithful to what God tells me to do. I talked to my wife about it. My wife said, yeah, we need to do that. All right? All right. You raise your hand. What's up? Just gas. Just... Gas? Yeah. 40 bucks. Get some gas. It's not from me. It's from Jesus. All right? You guys got to understand something. This isn't coming from me and my wife. This is coming from God. All right? God tells us to do something. We're servants. We're obedient to what he calls us to do. This is my act of service this morning. Who else raised their hand? Kim, how much you need? Whoa. Hundred? What? Weddings are expensive. All right. There's 200, Kim. Tell Philip to buy a nice suit. All right. You need something? What do you need? What was that? Groceries and gas. Groceries and gas. There you go. Here, take another one. All right. Who else raised their hand? This is God, people. This is God doing stuff. All right. Everybody's pointing at this lady back here. What's your name? Lori. What can we help you out with, Lori? I just would like prayer for a job. What? I'd like prayer for a job. Prayer for a job. And you need some money? How much you need? Just enough to pay the bills when I get one. Enough to pay the bills? So how about 150? That work? Go up there to the front and see Susan and Anthony. They're going to pray for you to get a job. All right? All right, who else? Right here. Yeah. Clothes. All right. Here. Here's $50. All right. Who else needs money? Yeah, what do you need? You need a job. Come with me. Go up, go up here and see these guys, uh, uh, Aubrey and Matt over there. They'll pray for you for a job, all right? You sure you don't need any money? 
We'll talk later. All right, who else? Brandon, are you okay? You need money? Swallow your pride, buddy. Do you need money? You need some gas money for now? There you go, buddy. Who else needs some? Where? Down here. All right. What do you need? God's taking care of you. This is your, this is your opportunity. Here, I'll just help you. Here's $150. If you need more, come see me. All right. Anybody else? Caleb. Where's Caleb? He's over there. He needs a job. Right there. Caleb, you need a job? Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. Okay, get up. Go get prayer. Come on. You need some money too? No. You sure you don't need money? I'll give somebody else Caleb's money. Who else need? I have a certain amount of money that God told me to get. And I went to the bank and I told the lady to give me the money, right? So she's counting it all out. And I walk out to the car and I go, that doesn't seem right. I don't think she gave me the right amount. I looked at my slip. It said the amount I wanted. And I counted it and I was short $100. I went walking back into the bank and she goes, oh, I'm so glad you came back. And I go, yeah, I think. She goes, I made a mistake. She goes, you asked for a weird amount. You just didn't ask for this round number. You asked for a certain amount of money. When I counted it out, I was thinking round number. Then you walked out and something in my spirit, this girl, something in my spirit said, I'm supposed to, I made a mistake. God wants him to have this extra hundred. So I went back in, she gave me the hundred dollars, which confirmed to me that maybe God's doing something, amen? You guys are thinking, this guy is weird. He's handing out money in church. Who else needs money? Tim, you need some money? How much you need, buddy? Huh? What? You have no idea? Well, here, I have a good idea. 100. There's 150. There's 200. That work? One more? Somebody come up here and pray for Tim. Thanks. All right, who else? I still have money. Brandon, what do you need, buddy? Oh, worship team, man. <laughs> what do you need? Uh, close to 80. Close to 80? How about 80? There you go. Who else? There's still money left. God told me to give a specific amount of money away. Who else? Yeah. Who? Where are we at? Who's that? I'm not sure who that is. Black girl over there. Over here? All right. Tell me when I get to the right area. Here, do you need some money? Huh? You got to do something for you? No, it's not okay. If, if God, God's, God's here for you. He wants to do something for you. He wants to do something special, all right? It's okay. Here. God's going to help you out. Here, take this. And then can somebody pray for her, please? Can we have someone pray for her? All right, I still got a little bit left. Who else needs something? I see people pointing. Ladina, did you raise your hand? What do you need? Get your butt up here. What do you need? There, there's 100. Who else? Back here. What do you need? What? School supplies. School supplies. There you go, right there. School supplies. 
Anybody else? Rick, are you raising your hand? Yeah. Yeah, what do you need? Oh. What? Okay. Rick Herman and his wife are saying God's called them to give some more money away. They want you to have it. That's how God works, right? Amen? See, that's how God works. It gets contagious, right? Do you need money? What? Oh, here's more money coming in. All right, hold on. You need about 150? There, 160, right there. All right, anybody else need money? I only got two things left. Right here, so you're getting it all, ma'am. <laughs> I should have taken out more money. Maybe next week. All right, here you go. All right, so that was $1,600. God said, get $1,600. That's what I took out. Uh, maybe I should have listened better, so he said $3,200. Um, so here's what I want you all to do. If God has impressed upon you, those of you that are financially equipped to bless others like Rick did and Darren Tammy did, I want you to bless others, all right? When we bless others, God will still bless you too, all right? This is part of being a servant right here, serving one another, building up the body of Christ, all right? Amen. Are you guys with me? Let's all stand up. By the way, and I know this is something that they would never tell you, but Pastor Anthony and Susan can use some money. Susan got laid off her job. She's trying to find another job. So can we give them some money? Yeah? Let's give them some money. Do we have something we can pass around? Do we have any baskets or anything like that? Can somebody help me out with something that we could put together to take an offer? I want to take an offering for Pastor Anthony and Susan. Is that okay? You guys with that? Yes. yes. Amen. Do you love Pastor Anthony and Susan? They should not have to go through financial struggles. They should be able to focus all their attention on serving the church. Amen. There's Spencer. Spencer's got a bag, a Walmart bag. Awesome. Is that Walmart? All right. You can make your check out. If you make out a check, make it out free church. If you want to donate on the app, can they designate on the app? Designate Pastor Anthony and Susan. But I want to give them a lot of money. All right? You guys with me? Thumbs up? Yes? Yes? That's not very good. Are you guys excited about this? All right. We're going to pass this around. I want you to pour into Pastor Anthony and Pastor Susan. And those of you, I hope God bless you this morning. I hope that little bit of money you got, I hope it helps you out. I hope it's a seed for something to start great. Amen? Let's all examine our hearts and see where we can serve Jesus. All right.